Getting the party started. Oh, he got the party started. Except I hadn't started. Well, we'll be fine. I was just thinking I hadn't started recording on my end yet. But that doesn't matter because you recorded on your end and you started the party. There we go. Aaron's always starting the party. And today he's actually wearing the wrong like merch to go with our episode. What the flip? Sorry, I don't have uh, anything else to wear. Neither do I. And multiple. T- oh, this is what I'm wearing, though. Go nice. I thought that said Billabong. At no, first. no, this shirt, <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong. This this makes me laugh because uh, it's actually a Carl's Jr. shirt, and oh, I nice. and I Even got better. it by ordering a sandwich. <laughs> Man, good deal. You should order so, a bunch of them, right? So I was Love laughing. Your children for the year. <laughs> I was laughing because I was like, "Man, I just went into a fast food restaurant." ordered a burger like a combo and came out with a free extra large t-shirt i'm literally living the american dream <laughs> amazing the american dream in canada double yeah, bonus exactly <laughs> so uh no that's uh that's that's funny but no i don't have any and all like this whole week i kept telling myself that we were doing no sleep records for some reason like that's what i uh, was in my brain which which were not <laughs> and i didn't prep to do no sleep so you know that's a good thing i do have correct information for what we are uh, covering but um we're going to talk about pure noise records which i didn't look this up but in my brain i always connected it with pure volume that can't actually be a thing right I don't think so, but we can just say it did and see what happens. I mean, that's <laughs> just kidding. that's how we do most of this. But uh, I'm just like I don't know why I always connected it. What was this? Oh, just, interesting. Just the word pure. Yeah. So here's something interesting though. Pure Noise Records is an American punk rock record label. Did you know this? Did you know it's an American punk rock record label? I did. Bur- Burston, based in Berkeley, California. Uh, it was founded by Jake Round in 2009 uh, while he was an editor at AMP, AMP, AMP Magazine, whatever, oh, yeah. the previous yeah, fall. Yeah, used to have a subscription to that. Yeah, friends of his in the band No Bragging Rights told him they were looking for a new label. So he said, hey, why don't I start a label? What Prior a to this, guy. he had a short stint as an intern at Fat Records. Nice. So there you go. Um, yeah, it, it has a good basis to start a label, I'd say. Yeah, it has nothing to do with pure volume, but in my brain, I've always connected the two, and I'm not too sure why. Um, but uh, anyway, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. Good hey, evening. Hey, what's up? Good the day. party starter. I'm the here. Parties. And I'm drinking something that is in the pinkest can. Where's oh, my maybe you're the party starter. I've got a, a yeah. bottle of no-name water. The best I'm, kind of party for a guy my age. I am drinking <laughs> a Lemonberry Hells, Hellas? I don't know how to say it. Man, some of the beer names are weird. Uh, by Village Squeeze, which is from Calgary, so not too oh, far nice. from here. Keep it local. Keep it flowing. Yeah, man. It's very summery. It's, I mean, it's it's literally a Lemonberry, so it's it's good time. Good time in a can. Um, but yeah, how, uh, how, how are things, man? Well, I've got some sick seasonal allergies just yes. clogging up my sinuses. So if I sound nasally, then that is partially my normal voice, partially <laughs> the allergies. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 all good. I don't have seasonal allergies, but um you know what I've been doing? This is, you know, has nothing to do with what we're about to talk about, but have you ever heard of um GeoGuessr? Geocaching? No, no, no. Geoguesser. Oh. 
I think that's what it's I called. Geodesic. I have no idea what that is. It's uh like it's a it's a website. It's an online game basically where the premise is it uses Google Maps, Google Street View, and it drops you in the middle of nowhere, and then you just got to try and guess and figure out where you are by using surrounding clues and whatever. Huh. Um, I was just saying I was a little bit late tonight because I was playing it with my son, and we were, <laughs> we were we were doing like the Canada map, and it dropped us on a dirt road in Alberta, <laughs> and oh, I was wow. like. Man, just like scrolling. That's just a few uh, roads down from where Yeah, I live. like scrolling for hours just to try and find any sort of clue. And uh, eventually I just gave up. I said, I'm just going to throw out a guess. I think we're in this area, like southern Alberta. Um, and so I threw it. And I ended up being really close. I was like, yeah, all right, sweet. I know my dirt roads in Alberta. What can I say? <laughs> um, yeah, but no, we're, uh, we're going to talk about some, 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 a punk rock record label. It's what's going to happen, except there's a few of these bands that I wouldn't consider straight up punk rock. Yeah. So why don't we, uh, why don't we dive into it? What's, uh, what's your first? So uh, b- actually before you, yeah, yeah. okay. Two things. Um, first and foremost, just to, if this is your first time listening, this label series that we've been doing, uh, we're basically picking, we've, we've kind of kept saying top five, but basically I think what it boils down to is we're just picking five records that we want to talk about that are specifically uh that were released on a specific label because we're following up next week uh with an interview with an artist that is on the label or was on the label however you want to put it um and so sometimes they share some picks that we we just don't want to double up sort of thing so we just pick five records each that we want to uh focus on so do you remember how you heard about pure noise records well i was trying to think about that today i think this label is uh correct me if i'm wrong but it's probably the newest label that we've covered so far yeah and uh so yeah it's definitely i mean different you know as i was looking through our list today i was like man like these are all like such recent releases you know even within the last five six years which is pretty you know recent compared to a lot of labels we're talking about um yeah and so with this label there was there wasn't a comp that i heard of um you know it wasn't floating around in a record store or anything I, i think it was probably um, you know, a band like Counterparts, um, I'm trying to think, they're probably the band and the label I've been listening to the longest. They they were on a different label before this, but, you know, just trying to think of, like, when I saw a band starting to sign to this label, you know, um, could have been, like, even something with, like, The Story So Far or State Champs or bands like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, definitely a bit different. It's not, you know, the kind of same iconic label as a lot of ones we've been talking about. But what's really neat about them is, you know, for only being around, you know, 11 years, like their roster is crazy. Like you know, go through their discography. It's like man, like it's it's kind of shocking how many big bands and big you know somewhat influential releases have come out on this label already. Yeah, that was something that uh, I was a little bit blown away by too. Is that I mean they've only been around for like you said ten, eleven, twelve years or so, and I think. Similarly for me, I'm sure I just heard of the label by one day. And I mean, I guess this is how you discover labels a lot of the time, even, you know, back in the day, some of the labels that we've talked about is just by hearing a band, whether it was seeing them live or what have you, and then not necessarily, you know, like immediately connecting them to the label, but eventually just kind of going like, oh, wait, there's like a number of these artists and these albums that I really enjoy that are on this label and so uh going through it's funny because we were going to uh do uh an episode on drive-through records of course you interviewed is it tim from alistair yeah. and uh so i mean that episode came out 
a little bit ago now, but we, we were going to do one where we shared our five picks as well. And as we were kind of looking at, you know, like the library of, of releases, I was just kind of like, I don't know if I could honestly, like following our rules of only one per band sort of thing. I don't know if I could honestly pick five releases from drive through that, you know, that we could both like independently pick sort of thing. Right. And so, um, we, we kind of decided to, you know, just have it be the one off with Tim and then uh, originally, No Sleep was supposed to be a one-off. But as I was like looking at the list, I was like, oh, I could immediately pick at least five five albums that I really, really enjoy. So yeah. that kind of surprised me for like a label that, you know, kind of has the legendary status that it does in drive through to be like, I don't know. Like, I remember that label fondly. But I, you know, in in looking at it, I was kind of like, it's really only a couple of bands that I really loved, you know, on drive through, um, and it would be multiple albums from each of those bands. So here we are doing No Sleep Records instead, which uh, I'm kind of excited for. Pure because noise. Pure, <laughs> see, I said it. I said it. Pure noise records. Um, I would be curious now to look at No Sleep's library and be like, oh, see how many are on there. But Pure Noise Records. Um, and uh, yeah, I was stoked because, like I said, there's a number of records that uh, that I really enjoy. So why don't you get into uh, your first pick? Yeah, and maybe we'll we'll get to it later. Some honorable mentions because there's even more than these picks that yep. that you know we kind of agreed on. But <clears throat> yeah, so you mentioned uh, no bragging rights. So let's uh, let's kick <laughs> it off with me yanking my headphones out of my ear and. Oh, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if the people listening to the podcast will be able to pick up what just happened, but sorry, <laughs> those watching on YouTube are now awake. <laughs> oh, I hate that feeling too. Dang it! Well, so yeah. was that like a loud sound or something? Well, I, I mean, actually, I don't know if it came through your mic at all, like your actual recording mic, but it came uh, through your, uh, your. Are you on your phone? No computer. Uh, okay, yeah, but I, I, whatever mic it was coming through, I heard it. Yeah, okay. But anyway, no breaks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, yes, no bragging rights. Uh, and their album, The Concrete Flower.
which was released on September 23rd, 2004. I had actually whoa, picked... Whoa, whoa, whoa. 2014, yeah. not 2014. Oh, man. It was We're released five years before tonight. the label was yes. in existence. Uh, <laughs> my brain is fried now. That's I'm blowing fine. my nose too much today. <laughs> you blew your nose. I was going to say you blew your brains out. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, just my nose, which sometimes feels worse than my brains because it's uh, all in my face just... Y- you're coming not, out of my orifices. Yeah, you're not dead, are you? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Okay, Maybe so after this. But. It's September 23rd, 2014. <laughs> Roll on. <laughs> yes, I was... Actually, I had picked the album before this, Cycles, but then when I was going through the list, it, it said re-released on, on Pure Noise. So then I was talking to Mike, uh, the singer from No Breaking Rights, and he had said how... Um, it was actually released on a different label, and then Pure Noise re-released it on the vinyl later. And so, mm. so then I picked this album, which I, I equally love. Um, so for this record, the band worked with heavyweight producer Will Putney, who had produced many of um, our favorite, your favorite heavy records, but also has worked with bands like Four Year Strong, so also works with kind of the punk side of things. Um, Will really pushed the band to produce their best possible songs and to pay attention to small details. So I was able to uh, get some of these notes from from Mike himself. So it was cool to kind of get some some inside info on this album. What, what was a, kind of more unique um, is that um, so like I said, lead vocalist Mike he gave the guitarist the lyrical themes for the record and then kind of asked him, you know, here's the themes, kind of use that to inspire the writing, and then they kind of went back and forth and played off each other, which I thought was kind of a really neat idea. And so the lyrical theme that he'd given him was on the topic of anger and how it can either be used for positive change or, you know, for a lot of negative things. So I thought that was a cool way to kind of portray that emotion and, you know, just kind of work together more as, you know, kind of a cohesive group. Because lots of times, you know, the guitar player comes with the riffs or ideas mm-hmm. or whatever, and then, you know, the vocalist just adds what he's going to add. So I, I thought that was a neat idea to do that. Um, no bragging rights is my opinion, a very underrated hardcore band. While they've had lots of good tour opportunities, and they, I mean, they toured full-time for years, it seemed like they didn't quite reach the same popularity as some of their peers um, for whatever reason. But every time I go back and listen to them, I'm always like, man, this is so good. Like, I just want more people to hear this band. And so, yeah, I, I love their whole discography. I'm excited for what's to come with them. We talk a bit about that um, in my interview with Mike. And so... Yeah, awesome band, really cool band to kind of start a record label too, so I was excited to hear that. So this was my introduction to No Bragging Rights when uh, you shared, you know, that you'd interviewed Mike and then that this was on your list. I was like, they have one of those names that was either familiar to me because I had heard it or read it or what have you, or it was familiar to me because it's kind of like one of those classic hardcore names, uh, No Bragging Rights. Yeah. But I almost... um, I almost put off recording this episode for one more week because I was listening just last night. I was watching some live footage of the band. And like earlier on, I had kind of like quickly put it on and was listening as I was kind of doing some other things or whatever. And uh, but last night was the first I had sort of sat down with it and really paid attention. And and it wasn't even this record. It was just watching them perform live. And um, I was like blown away by... I guess just like how they they definitely have a unique sound to me. And maybe that's because I'm not, you know, overly familiar with all these different hardcore bands. And maybe they sound like, you know, 50 other hardcore bands. But in listening to this record and specifically like their live stuff, I was really just appreciating how 
they they reminded me of a mix again this is based mainly on the live stuff but of like hope's fall which i don't know if i heard that in listening to the albums itself but in some of the stuff they're doing live like a mix between like a hope's fall and then something that was a little more like punk like hardcore punk versus like that melodic hardcore sort of yeah um and I was really digging it. And and so I, I wanted to, I almost put off recording this episode for another week because I wanted to spend more time actually listening to this record and give it, you know, more chance because I was like, I think there's something here that I will really enjoy. Unfortunately, I didn't quite get to that. And once I got my notes done, I was like, all right, let's go. We're ready to go. But <laughs> yeah. um, you can go they, back to it. Yeah, for sure. And I don't even know, like, I feel like the, the live footage I was watching, I want to say it was from before this record. Oh, okay. um, so I don't know. They may have played some songs off this for all I know, like you know, as newer songs or whatever. But and I just love. I've been going on down a rabbit hole. Uh, have you ever heard of? I think I I've maybe shared it with you. But have you ever heard of LDB Fest? Yeah, I I went to it today and I watched a little bit of yeah. a Knock Loose set. Yeah, and so just like watching, there's so many sets from like LDB Fest from last year that uh, are on youtube now and they're they're really well produced but just like watching the crowd go absolutely yeah, insane so if you've got time I, I think i shared on our twitter um drain i don't know if you ever listened to drain but they they played a set and it was like 12 minutes <laughs> in wow. the middle of one, in the middle of one of the songs like right before a breakdown he dedicates the breakdown to a pizzeria and i was like that's awesome <laughs> yeah nice um but yeah no i i enjoyed what i heard of uh, no bragging rights for sure uh, but the first record that I'm going to mention has kind of been mentioned twice here in a sense, at least the band has. And also, um, because this one was also produced by Will Putney, I'm going to go with Knocked Loose, A Different Shade of Blue. <laughs> Yeah, 
And uh, this is the second studio album by Knocked Loose, and it was released August 23rd, 2019, and like I said, produced by Will Putney. And here's the thing with this record. I I was aware of Knocked Loose. I had heard of them, and I think I had checked them out a little bit, like their, their first record, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, I feel like they're one of the, um, as far as like when pop punk bands would talk about, like current day pop punk bands would talk about like hardcore bands knocked loose was the one that kind of routinely would come up yeah and uh so when i when i listened to their first album i was kind of like all right whatever and then this one i kind of got on it a little bit after it came out uh which is funny because so it says the album merges styles of hardcore punk and heavy metal it blends in elements of swedish death metal and groove metal as well as melodic death metal slam death metal thrash metal and black metal all of which are genres that i have zero knowledge of (laughs) but wikipedia has told me so and this this record i want to say i must have just been in the the right space or the right mood which i don't know if that's a good thing but like the first time i really listened to it because it was one where i just like every song that would roll by i would turn it up more and turn it up more and i'm like yes like and I think because it's it's gnarly, but it's straightforward. It's obviously heavy and brutal, but it's also like like catchy in a way. It's weird, and the second vocalist in this band sounds like Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget to me. <laughs> nice. In fact, yeah, like yeah. his his part in the song "Misguided Son," which is the closer on this album, uh, like literally made me pause and rewind and listen back to it because I'd never heard anything like it in music. And like I said. You know, like in in listing off all those different like subgenres of metal, I was like, I don't I don't listen to metal. So I mean, again, this could be something that's common, like his Doctor Claw kind of like growl type thing he's doing. But um, no, the first time I really got into this band, it just hit me in the right place, and it's it's kind of the consistent like record I think that I go back to when I'm like, I just want to listen to something that I you know like I can bang my head against a wall to, if that yeah. makes sense, right? Yeah. So. But uh, are you are you into Knock Loose at all? Yeah, it's, it's one of those bands that I mean, I've heard so much, you know, about. I've listened to podcasts with a singer. I think his name is Brian. Um, really, really interesting guy. I loved listening to him talk about the band, and you know, I watched them live. And I think it's one of those bands that, like, I I want to be into, but there's just you know, not quite enough there to kind of grab me. It's a little maybe too dissonant or kind of chaotic for my by liking, but I don't know. Yeah, there's something really cool about them. I'm actually surprised that um, that they're on Pure Noise. They almost seem more of like a Bridge Nine or Death Wish right. kind of band, yeah. you know, kind of a bit more kind of raw, thrashy style of hardcore metal. Um, I listed all the subgenres of metal. Do you need me to go over them again? Yes, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I mean, it, it's cool because Pure Noise is, you know, maybe a bit more current, a bit more modern for them. And, I mean, they're... They're a huge band, and again, like it kind of surprises me sometimes. It, it reminds me of I don't know if you ever listened to a band called This Is Hell from yeah. a number of years ago. They were uh, a Bridge Nine band, I believe. Okay, and uh, yeah, well, This Is Hell and Have Heart, like if those kind of bands where it was kind of melodic hardcore, but it was really raw and a bit more thrashy. And but both of those bands, I just remember being like really big. And always just kind of thought like, like, why do so many people like these? It's not really like catchy. It's not really like moshy. I, I know Knock Loose has some pretty crazy breakdowns. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it's yeah, lot, lots of really unique things about them. So it's cool to see a band that isn't like, you know, 
kind of your typical maybe popular looking band or sounding band that yeah. can be really popular and and connect I, with lots of people i think you may have hit the nail on the head for what i like about this record uh in in terms of hardcore anyway because like we've talked about you know different hardcore metalcore bands and what label was it maybe it was victory that we covered and there was a band maybe it was gideon was that victory records uh that was equal vision equal vision and uh, and i just remember talking about you know like the the kind of more yeah techy like syncopated like right, sort yeah. of stuff that was going on which which i liked but it was just too much of it kind of gets me whereas like with this kind of thing i think it just all feels so like loose and free flowing to me that like i just i have right. an easier time myself just kind of like getting on board with it and like i said turning it up as each song goes by i'm like no nope, it's still not loud enough but sir your ears are bleeding nope still not there <laughs> like um but yeah no i i can appreciate it and it's not like a chaos to me anyways that's like spazzy or anything like that you know like i think of some like when i think of chaos in music a lot of times I'll think of like some of those like spaz core sort of like things. Like the chariot right? or something? Well, yeah, mm. but like the chariot I could get into. Maybe they just bordered it just enough. And I don't think Knocked Loose is as spazzy as the chariot. Like they definitely yeah, have yeah. more heavy groove to them as opposed to just being, you know, like yeah, just yeah. going kind of crazy. But that was <laughs> so my. What genre was that you just. <laughs> that was the uh, genre of. Core. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if you're familiar with it or not, but um, anyways, well, let's I move on. Now. Yeah, you are now. What's what's your next pick? Well, let's completely uh, flip uh, the genres here and talk about Hit the Lights and their album Summer Bones.
full-length and uh, it's their first I believe on on pure noise it was released on March 24th 2015 produced by Kyle Black I mentioned him uh, I can't remember which album it, oh I think it was uh, who produced the sleep on that record from Equal Vision um, yeah so also I mean he's worked with lots of bands like Newfound Glory, All Time Low, State Champs um, so Hit the Lights, I feel like I didn't really get into them a whole lot before this. I'd kind of heard them. They were kind of always like kind of one of those maybe more subpar pop punk bands. Or right. maybe that's, I don't mean that as an insult, but just kind of maybe like the more middle tier one that I didn't pay a lot of attention to. But when this one came out, I still remember listening to it, Biking to Work, and uh, just being like, oh man, like this is like so much better than I remember them sounding or you know, they just stepped it up for whatever reason. And I've gone back to this album a lot of times. Um, the singer Nick has a new project called Thief Club, which I also yeah. really enjoy. Yeah. And so it's been cool to see him progress in music. Yeah, I don't think Hit the Lights is still a band. I'm assuming not if he has started something else. But yeah, yeah. just a really solid kind of pop punk album that has, you know, a lot more to it, I think, than, you know, kind of a typical pop punk album. And so it's, yeah, been a, been a fun one to go back to lots. Yeah, so Hit the Hit the Lights for me are a band that... So the only album of theirs that I was ever really into was Skip School, Start Fights. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that wasn't... That was like two before this one, maybe? Yeah. It yeah, was a it was couple. Of, yeah. And uh, it's interesting because, yeah, they're a band... I think I read they started in like 2003. So they had been around for a while. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to say I discovered Hit the Lights on... Band camp or uh, what was there was a maybe it still exists but there's a website where artists could upload like music and you could just download it for free or whatever your volume no it wasn't okay. that <laughs> yeah it was it was it was another one though that was like and it would kind of like randomly like take you through things huh. oh, I wish I could remember what it was called but anyway um, it was through like one of those sites where I would just like like scroll forever to find because most of it was crap right but and i just scroll for a while to find something that i liked yeah. and hit the lights was there was one that i definitely liked and i mean they they're from that era of pop punk where i wasn't big into it you know like there's a few of like the neon pop punk bands that i did get into yeah. and then there's like the whole like fallout boy you know knockoff side of pop punk and i don't think they necessarily fit either of those like with the artwork for Skip School Start Fights. Um a little neonish, but it's definitely neonish and bright, but I feel like yeah, they, they definitely clung to like something a little different from that time. But um yeah, no, they're they're an interesting band and they're always one that uh I kind of think fondly back or like think on fondly a little bit because they were just one of those bands that I sort of discovered when I wasn't into pop punk, like when I mm. kinda like distanced a little bit but um yeah that's pretty rad um i guess a pick i'm gonna go with 
I'm going to go with... Okay, this one's going to get me some flack, I think, by picking this one. But I'm going to go with the story so far, Proper Dose. reason i say it's going to give me some flack is because listeners are probably like why that story so far album but hey it's where we are it was released september 21st 2018 uh which was we've talked about 2018 a little bit about how i think it was such a good year like that was yeah. some years, like trash boat and stuff like that but um and uh like i said i'll probably catch flack because people would say well there's so many other stories so far records that were like probably within the scene itself more influential or iconic or well-received or what yeah. have you. But I don't think I need to talk about this one too much because I have talked about it and we even covered it a little bit when talking about hopeless records. Uh, and just like, I love the shift in sound and this album, like I play it so much, especially like on our trip where we drove across the country. I don't know how many times I listened to this album on that trip. And it's just like, I mean, I know some of the songs are like literally singing about, struggling with uh like addiction and but it, the whole record to me just like feels good and light and mm. airy and uh i don't know i just really i really love listening to it i love the flow of this record i can put it on anytime and go through it whereas for myself i can't necessarily say that about other stories so far records i definitely have to be more in a in a mood i suppose you could say um but yeah proper dose man like I'll put it on whenever. I, I thought about bringing down, because some of these records I do have like on vinyl. I thought, Oh, I'd yeah. Down, yeah, that'd be know, cool. Throwing them up on the wall. But I didn't. I forgot. So anyway. But I know that you're familiar with the story so far, and we've talked about them a little bit. Yeah. So 
Um, unless you got something, some kind of crazy revelation you want to share about them, we can probably move into your next pick. Well, I was just going to say there, you know, I've, I've said a, a number of times how I'm not huge on bands kind of shifting sound. Yeah. Um, but this is one that I do like. You know, there's a few that come to mind, whether it's this, there's Newfound Glory coming home. Sure. Um, four Years Strong in any way, shape, or form. Kind of the, maybe the, you know, with with all those bands, you know, it's maybe their third, fourth, or even, you know, Newfound Glory. I'm not sure how many releases they had, but, you know, it's a little further in. You know, they've released, you know, really solid albums up until then. So all their kind of hardcore fans have that. So I think they kind of get to this point where they want to, you know, release something different for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, this one I, I really like as well as those other ones I mentioned. There's there's still enough of who the story f- so far is to, you know, it's not so unfamiliar right. that it throws you off. Um, but there's, yeah, there's definitely a bit different, like you said, a bit more maybe depth of songs or lyrics or just emotion to it. And yeah, definitely a record I can get into for sure. Well, and you know what they say about emotion? Uh, yes, I know three things about it. It's my middle name. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What's up? What's next on your list? All right, let's switch it, uh, back to heavy here with, uh, counterparts and their album, nothing left to love. Christ! 
this is their sixth studio album. Um, so they put out quite a few already. Um, so yeah, it was released on Pure Noise in the States and then New Damage in Canada. Uh, the record remarks the return of guitarist and backing vocalist Alex Ree. Uh, this album was the band's first to break into the top 100 of the Billboard 200. So that's pretty cool for, for a hardcore band. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've known of Counterparts since they were a local band. They started opening up for the band I was playing in in Ontario back in 2006, 7, 8, kind of in there. Um, one of the reasons why I remember them is because every time their drummer would would pack up his drums, yeah. he would take the skins off and put like the smaller drum into the bigger one, to the bigger one, and fit them all into like the <laughs> kick drum. And I just always remember like wondering, like, why is he doing that? It seems like so work. much work. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I didn't really remember them kind of standing out as much then. You know, back then you're seeing so many local bands that. Often you kind of just blur it out. But then when I got their first album, Profits, I just remember thinking, like, this is insane. Like, this is so stinking good. I, I kind of was annoyed that I had kind of hadn't paid more attention to them. But, I mean, you don't know those things back then. So, yeah, I, yeah I, and they, they put out, you know, six albums. Every one is super solid. They're one of the best bands at what they do, I think. You know, they blend aggression and melody so well. Um, without utilizing much clean singing, I'm not even sure if they have any at all. Uh, but this newest album, you know, if theirs proves that they deserve any recognition that they get. Is this album is not only such a banger from start to finish, but it also carries some some kind of cool weight to it. You know, the songs are memorable, creative, and cohesive. I love any time I remember to go back and listen to this band because it just reminds me how much I love them. They're amazing live too. One of my favorite live bands. So that definitely adds uh, to how much I love them. I don't know if I knew they're Canadian. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of cool. And I wonder, do you know if they got their name from an Alexis on Fire song? Uh, there could be a good chance that I don't know that for sure. I mean, but... not that Alexis on Fire doesn't have a song, as far as I know, called Counterparts. But on their first record, they did have a song called Counterparts and Number Them. Oh uh, yeah. So every time I hear Counterparts, that's where my brain goes. Yeah. Um, well, I'll have to ask them. About yeah, that. I'd be I'd be interested because it's 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 kind of cool. And I mean, they're a band that I, besides not knowing that they're Canadian, I've been aware of them for quite a number of years probably because like you said maybe i originally heard their name back in those days when you know means was touring and whatever and just kind of as one of those names that circulated around friends you know going to shows and stuff like that but um that's pretty rad that uh that they're still going and yeah. that they're yeah doing better some than ever better than ever as you'd say so that's pretty awesome uh my next pick is going to be one that's completely I didn't realize, and I, I mean, I guess I could say this for the most part about all these releases, but had no clue that this was on Pure Noise Records because I think I heard, like I I for sure familiarized myself with the band long before I knew what Pure Noise was. Uh, the band is Gates and the album is Parallel Lives.
released in 2016. It's their second full length uh, from New Jersey post-rock, post-hardcore band Gates. And I remember when this record came out, really enjoying it. Like, it's it's fairly mellow, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you put this one on or had a chance yeah. to, but I first heard this band while binge-watching Audio Tree sessions on YouTube. In fact, they've got uh, two sessions, which are both equally phenomenal. Um, but I remember when this record came out just being like, feeling like they kind of taken a little bit of a different direction, got a little bit airier, a little bit more like ambient sort of thing in their sound. Like they always had that, but it felt like this, the, you know, parallel lives just like expanded that even more, Mm. which was something I always look for. I shouldn't say always look for, but I love finding bands like that because I've had this discussion with people before that I love like the genre of post rock, but I hate the fact that most of the bands don't have vocals. Mm. Like it's usually instrumental, which can be fine, but I'm like, at some point I just want this band to sing. And then it seems like the, a lot of the ones that choose to sing, it's usually just like screaming or something. And I'm like, you're not actually adding what I Mm. am hoping for here. Whereas a band like Gates or, um, even a band like Moving Mountains, who I've discussed as one of my, you know, releasing one of my favorite records ever. Uh, it's so good. And the song Shiver on this album, Parallel Lives, stuck with me from the moment I heard it. First time mm-hmm. I would have heard it was on this audio tree session. And uh, it's got like this instrumental bridge slash kind of a guitar solo. He's playing, he's basically just playing this very simple riff, but he's like using a pedal while he's doing it. That's kind of like pitch shifting it as he goes through the riff. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it sounds so awesome. But uh, so when I, this this was the record that made me, uh, when looking at the list really of um, Pure Noise releases, and I was like, "What? This is on Pure Noise? Like, yeah, I want to do an episode because yeah, this band, awesome. yeah, this band is one that I don't talk about very often, and I don't even listen to them a ton because they're one of those bands where all of a sudden, you know, out of nowhere, I'll be like, oh yeah." gates i should put that record on you know it's not like one that i always go to and we kind of talked about that a little bit with like tiny moving parts where for a while they were that band where i'd be like oh yeah i should put that record on and then eventually they just kind of become you know part of your regulars but uh yeah gates is that band right now where like every time i put it on I'm like this album is so flipping good mm. um yeah. So did did you like it at all? Because I'd be very surprised if you did. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I was not familiar with this band other than other than your list here. Yeah. So I put it on today at work, and I actually really enjoyed it for for kind of having it as background music at work. Ah, it, yeah. It also made, really reminded me of late night drives. You know, whether it was yes. touring or something like it's just something you know it's. Maybe it has some elements of maybe like kind of Jimmy Eat World. Sure. Um, yeah. Not as, you know, mainstream sounding, but just kind of the overall sound to it. And yeah, I, I actually really enjoy it. Like it's not necessarily one I'll go back and listen to, but I'm glad yeah. I listened to it today and it, it fit for the time. Well, and I think like by saying something like late night drives or background music even, which is funny to like say about music it's like oh it's really good background music well that's you know, not an insult I, it's just no no i know and yeah. I, I i just wonder like as like if a songwriter hears that if they're like oh <laughs> you know but i know exactly what you're saying because they're a band that usually when i put them on it's because i'm looking for something that's a little more laid back or a little more you yeah. know if i'm working on something and i don't want it to be too distracting 
or, you know, like the late night drive sort of thing. It definitely has a specific kind of mood and feel to it. And uh, yeah, it's it's one that I've I've loved for years. But let's uh, let's get into your next pick. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say. I guess speci- I should I should clarify specifically for me. It's good background music, or like it's not the kind of release I'm gonna sit down and be like, all right, like let's do this. Right? Yeah. It's like okay, I I want to still listen to this, but yeah. I'm gonna it's, be doing something else because it's just for me personally. Yeah, yeah. You know. And that's what that's actually what I think about most podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but with with like music like this, if I'm sitting down with the intent to listen to it, yeah, um, it's it's a, a lot of times it's the kind of music where I'm like, okay, what's all going on, and being able to kind of like because it's presented in such like a non in your face aggressive because like you can make an argument, the same sort of argument about you know a lot of like more technical or like like metalcore or even whatever bands yeah. where it's like sitting down and listening like okay what's all going on here but the nice thing is i find with music like this is it allows space where you can like really more so absorb it than just be like oh that's happening that's happening that's happening you know right. what i mean yeah, so yeah. it definitely kind of creates i think something that um for me that yeah I, I love just being able to sit down and just like listen to and relax drink a coffee whatever yeah uh, but yeah sure. let's let's move on to your next pick yeah, so we're going to go with Masked Intruder, the album three. Baby, please.
came out March 1st, 2019. Uh, I'm not sure if it was this one that you and Jordan talked about where he thought it was going to be modern baseball or something, but <laughs> there was just something where, oh no, maybe it was Millen Cullen. Sorry, I think it was Millen I th- Cullen. I think it was Millen Cullen. Yeah, yeah. We, right. we may have talked about this though well there was um, at least one Maxton true because i remember like messaging you being like hey this album's really cool you guys should talk about it or whatever um and so yeah i've i haven't necessarily been following this band from the beginning but i do remember seeing the name seeing their album art being intrigued yeah. kind of wondering like okay is this just like a kind of just a goofy band or whatever which they are i mean yeah. they have <laughs> this whole kind of shtick where they wear masks and they sing about you know running from the cops and committing crimes and whatever and but it's just so stinking catchy like it's yeah. it's really well done. I was listening to uh, one of their albums today. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. One of the earlier ones, but I mean, just it's got really smooth production on it. You know, it al- almost kind of reminds me of more modern kind of Ramones or something. Like yeah. it's fairly simple song structures. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like Ramones meets the Beach Boys, like th- just the melodies and the harmonies. <laughs> no, hold on. The Ramones were the Ramones meet the Beach Boys. That's all they were doing. They were oh, okay. just creating well, like <laughs> 50s rock and roll, basically, like the early Beach Boys, six, early 60s rock and roll. Yeah. Um, I guess but I, I just didn't hear the Ramones doing like kind of like the doo-wop. Some oh, they're there. Stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. They're there. Maybe I just don't um, know my Ramones as much. That's No, that and that's fair, but... Um, I was going to say the same thing about Masked Intruder, though, is that I was I was looking to see if they're listed as like a Ramones core band on their, you know, the the all telling source of information that is um, Wikipedia, but they're just listed as punk rock, pop punk, and power pop. So, uh, but I I would one hundred percent agree with you, you know, that they definitely have that Ramones vibe going on without being a Ramones knockoff band. Yeah, it definitely know. doesn't sound, you know, like the Huntingtons kind of where right. it's like, okay, these guys are definitely influenced by the Ramones. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it has yeah. some of that sound in it, but it definitely more like, more modern. Like, and, yeah, like along the lines more of like a screeching weasel sort of thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, which, um, yeah, I was looking at, like, I definitely, I've listened to this record. I just don't, I maybe we talked about it, because, like, looking at the time frame of when their records came out, it would have been this one. If we talked about it, 2019, or were you on the show by then? I can't remember. Yeah, well, this is March, think, so it's beginning of the year. I might have started just I think you would have been that. on the show. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say, that was the year you definitely started. You became the, the regular. Um, but yeah, because if we talked about any other Masked Intruder album, it wouldn't have been the one prior, because that was 2014. But that yeah. does actually kind of like solidify something, because I was surprised this was on Pure Noise Records, like you said. Because I felt like, I was like, oh, they sound like they should be more of like on, I was going to say Fat Records, which their record previous to that was on Fat Records. So um, just as like more of a traditional uh, like 90s punk rock yeah. band sort of thing, right? But um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Pretty rad that it was on Pure Noise though. Or as they've said multiple times, no sleep. Um, <laughs> uh, my pick... My next one is one of the newest. I don't know if it is the newest to make the list, but it is definitely one of them, and that's Spanish love songs, Brave Faces Everyone. On any given day, I'm a six of ten. Bed to death, to bar eyes on the floor. Still apologizing for the way I've been. Each breath more full of shit than the one before. Yeah, I know the negative consumes me 
guess I'm alright Let the kill pass right through me While my friends are taking dives Off of cliffs and I just worry About the songs I'll never write It don't matter, they don't wanna hear me on the other side Another summer in this place Everyone in this bar is the same Everywhere I look It's just routine pain I'm so sick of treading water Am I gonna be this down forever? Am I gonna be this dumb forever? Am I gonna be this gone forever? Am I gonna be this numb? Greeted with wide, I like this, this is what Wikipedia says. Album was greeted with widespread acclaim by music critics with a weighted score of 86 on review aggregator website Metacritic. <laughs> um, thank you. Nice. I can't lie. The first time 
I heard Spanish love songs. It was a, it would have been their record before. So this says it's their third, right? Uh, third. Yeah. So their second album was the first time I heard them, and my immediate reaction to them was, oh, they're just a Wonder Years knockoff band. Everything from the way they sounded, I thought his vocals sounded an awful lot like Dan Campbell, and lyrically he was kind of writing, you know, just as raw and sort of real as Dan Campbell. And so I was just like, oh yeah, it's just, you know, it's just the Wonder Years part two. And then this record came out and I think it solidified this band for me as like a standalone, like, no, these guys stand on their own. They're legit. Uh, They write fantastic songs and there's no arguing against that. And it was actually one of my favorite albums. It made my, I'm trying to think if it made my top five. It may have come in at number five or it was just outside my top five. Yeah, definitely sounds familiar. Yeah, it was, it was up there. Um, And uh, yeah, so Spanish love songs. When I saw, I was like, yeah, this one, this one's making my list. No doubt about it. But uh, did you get a chance to listen to this record at all? Well, I listened to this when it came out because you were hyping them up. And so I, I checked them out and, yeah, there's definitely elements to them that I can enjoy overall. It's not, it's not something that does a lot for me. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot to take away from it. And when I listen to it, I can understand, you know, why people like it. I don't put it on and be like, man, like, why would anybody listen to this, right? Like, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot to like there. Just not enough for me personally to to really get into it. Yeah, they're definitely a band that. I think would have taken me longer to get into if I didn't find their lyrics so intriguing. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's writing about stuff that I've never really experienced or dealt with, but it's just the rawness of the words and like the fact that he's not like, there's no, and nothing against, you know, using metaphor or anything like that in songs. Sometimes that can be incredible, but I, I tend to be more drawn to lyricists who are just like, this is the way it is, right? And this is what's happening and how I feel and write it out. But still, instead of it just sounding like, you know, they're reading directly from their journal or something, it still sounds very poetic, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, this band definitely does that. I would also say, you know, if someone says they don't like them, I'm not necessarily surprised in the sense that, and I don't want this to come off in a bad way, but he definitely sounds a lot of times like he's crying when he's singing, which can get, <laughs> which can get a little annoying. Like there's just parts where it's like, yeah, he, he just kind of lets it all out and you're like, okay, like it's, it's fine too. Like, but I could see someone being like, I don't know. I just can't get into the, the vocals. I'm like, That's fine. Um, so why don't we get into your final pick? Oh, that's funny. I, I'm going to have to go back and listen and just, maybe I'll just cry along with it. Maybe then yeah, it'll really impact the, me. That's the point, man. You're just supposed to cry along. So if you need a good cry. <laughs> this, wouldn't that be a sweet marketing ploy? This is meant to be listened to while you're just bawling. So. <laughs> Music to cry to. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's probably a lot of that out there. Celine oh. Dion, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I like that you went that direction. And I totally was just thinking like, dude, I grew up on a lot of it. It's called emo. <laughs> Celine Dion started emo, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Anyways, enough of that. <laughs> but let's, since she's Canadian... Let's. <laughs> anyway, Wait, th- sorry. That's uh, that's the Little Mermaid you're thinking of. <laughs> nope, definitely <Just> not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right, get on with ba- it. <laughs> back to Canada and Celine Dion. Yeah. So one of the influences um, from Celine Dion, a band called Seaway. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, not about Seaway, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So their album Big Vibe. It's a big vibe rushing over from. Big vibe, big vibe. 
Did uh, make my top 10, I believe. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned on that episode, caught me off guard. Um, not not in a, a bad way. I mean, I don't, I didn't mind Seaway before that. I'd seen them live. They were good. Um, I, I think they kind of, like I had mentioned, maybe with Hit the Lights, you know, one of those bands that, you know, not great, not terrible, just kind of hit the middle for me for whatever reason. Right. But this album just, yeah, knocked it out of the park for me. Just, I don't know if it's, the kind of the 90s influence on it or i mean lots of their stuff before was super catchy as this is so yeah it's kind of even hard to pinpoint it but just for whatever reason i put this album on and just immediately was like okay i think they've convinced me to like them again as a band and so sure which yeah which excited me i've listened to this album a lot of times 
Um, again, anytime I, I don't know what to listen to, I put this on, and it's like, oh, man, this is such a good album to go back to again. Yeah, Seaway is, uh, I would say, I mean, before the pandemic hit, it was our, like, annual show that we would go to because they would they would do a tour pretty much every year that would come through here and they yep. bring along other cool bands with them and um the first time i saw like I, I remember hearing them and then i went and saw um they opened for neck deep and i think i've told i've told the story about this show i went yeah. to that show mainly for speak low if you speak love who is a pure noise uh artist that uh, they get a an honorable mention um but Seaway at the time, I was like, I kind of like them, but I don't know what to think about them. You know, I'm not sure where, where I fall with them. And then when I saw them, I was like, oh, I get it. They're just like a party have fun band, right? Yeah. Like, Which is maybe live... why it didn't stick with me. But... Yeah. Their live shows are just so much, so much fun. And so we would kind of start regularly going. And for me, like my pick, if I were to pick a Seaway album would actually be Vacation because it's the one like it gets the most plays. My kids actually really like it. My wife really likes it. So it's just one that will, my wife will be like, can you put Seaway on? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like why yeah, not? That's awesome. Um, most of that for my kids is centered around the song Lula on the beach. Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and it was like at that point too, I was like, oh wait, they're like turning into like Weezer on that record. Like Lula on the beach, especially when you see it live and there's like the, the big ending. I'm like, this is a Weezer song wait a second and so to kind of like start hearing their different angles especially because early on for me it was like yeah they're a straight up like pop punk band and it's just whether or not you like them right and then with vacation they started like losing some of that straight up pop punk and bringing in more of those 90s like alternative influences and yeah. then with big vibe i think they really like fell into that and man they write some catchy songs like as oh, soon yeah. as you say big vibe like the chorus yeah, of no, big I'm vibe is stuck right in now. my head yeah. yeah and then for me i'm like from there because my name is david like my head automatically goes to the song mrs david yeah. right and it's just like <laughs> they're so catchy and they're so good that uh yeah like every year when they would come we would we would 100 percent uh buy tickets like not even a second thought. I was like, I don't even care who's coming because I know they're going to bring a cool band. Like last time they came, they brought Youth Fountain. Yeah. Um, which they had a new record out at that time too. It was really good. Yep. And uh, so went to that show. It was fantastic. And one of the other ones they went to actually, or that they, they came and we went to actually leads me to my final pick. Um, it was the band Bearings. And my final pick is Blue in the Dark. Tell me, do you wonder? Tell me, do you let your mind slip away at night? Underneath this feeling, a reminder. I've been trying to find some time here. See what you're all
was their first full length released in 2018 and it like it, it's a record that blends pop punk I, I struggle calling them a pop punk band really there's i don't know if they play one punk beat um but definitely like have a little bit of influence pop rock emo sort of stuff like they they fall into the scene without you know they're definitely not one of the ones that's going to open up the pit sort of thing right yeah. like um but yeah i saw them with seaway before this record came out and i fell in love with their sound uh at the time they just had an ep out and I thought their lead singer looked like uh, Justin Trudeau, which I thought was funny. <laughs> they like they had similar hair anyway. And a fun fact about Bearings is that they're one of only two bands that I own multiple pieces of merch from, like yeah, multiple T-shirts from. Sad to say, neither of them really fit anymore, though. Um, I still wear one of them because it somewhat fits. <laughs> the only other band that I own more than one T-shirt from, can you guess who it is? Godzilla versus Kong? Um, nope. <laughs> That's A, not a band, and B, I only own this t-shirt. Hello. No, come um, on. What? Oh. I'll give you one hint. I have mentioned them in this episode. Oh, not, man. Not as a pure noise artist, though. Um, uh, they can't put me on the spot like that. As soon as you say it, I'll know it. <laughs> uh, the Wonder Years. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no bearings, this record came out and I just remember being like, cause I wasn't, and I mentioned this cause they made my top 10 last year. I think they just snuck in and yeah. I, I mentioned this cause it was something similar in that I didn't really like the first two singles or whatever that they released before this record came out. And then the record came out and I listened to it and those singles fit into where they were on the record so much better as like just a piece mm. of something. Yeah. And it was so good. The only complaint I had about the record was I wish they like, I think it's like the second last song I wish is what they ended with. Cause it kind of has a really good finish and then it goes into mm. this acoustic song. I was like, ah, oh, I'd really yeah. like to end on this like big, like sort of song, but this record, I don't know what it does, man. It's like, um, I think this song, is this song called Blue in the Dark? I want to say, uh, that's where the title comes from. I just can't remember if that's actually the name of the song. Um, but it does this really weird thing where like the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this band is giving me all sorts of nostalgic feelings without, um, yeah, it's called Blue in the Dark, without actually like being a band that I, you know, grew up on. There was yeah. just something in that song where I was like, they're they're capturing something that reminds me of growing up. This is really weird. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I know I know you like this record as well. Yeah. So you can you can share all of your crazy thoughts on it if you want. Yeah, well, again, another one I got into uh, because of uh, you and Jordan really loving it, and and uh, yeah, it's one I've gone back to lots of times. I also enjoy the new album. Um, it, it's probably not like if I'm in the mood for something like this, not necessarily the one I'm going to pick. Yeah. But every time when I'm, you know, going through it and I see it, it's like, oh, yeah, i got to add that again to my to, – I've got to listen to this um, playlist yeah. just for albums that it's like, oh, yeah, I need to listen to this again. And I'll always put it back on there. Um, yeah, there's, there's lots of – Is that is that Blue in the Dark or is that Hello, It's You that you're talking about? Uh, Blue in the Dark. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... I haven't I haven't gone back to the new one as many times, but – yeah, Still it's been a, it's actually been a bit. I don't know if I listened to this record in preparation for this episode, <laughs> which is funny. Um, so it's been a bit since I listened to it, but it, for a time there, it was one that would regularly get played. And I'll yeah. probably go listen to it tonight now that like we've talked about it because it's been a little bit. But um, yeah, man, it's it's such a 
such a good record. Cool, cool that they're Canadian guys. Which this episode might feature the most Canadian bands. Yeah, no that's, kidding, man. That's three, I think. Seaway Bearings, and Counterparts. Dion. Oh yeah, and Counterparts. Yeah. <laughs> and Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! She gets an honorable mention for influencing yeah. the most bands oh, on this label. Right. Speaking of, did you have any honorable mentions? I had mentioned um, "Speak Low" if you speak love. Uh, they. I thought about. I don't remember the name of the album now. Maybe it's. Maybe it's "Speak Low" if you speak love. I don't know. Um, it was the first full length I think that he put out. Which he, of course, I can't remember his name right now. But he's the bass player from State Champs. Oh yeah, that, that's uh, right. Does "Speak Low" if you speak love? And another one that I wanted to kind of shout out real quick was Corey Wells. Yeah, who, really cool. Yeah, it does some great kind of acoustic stuff um, with just like a super raw voice, but yeah, like man, not so raw good. in the sense that he can't like you know he's he's off key and pitchy, but like raw like it's he can he, push his let, vocals. Yeah, and a bit and more gruff at times. He'll let it go. He's pretty great. Yeah, well, I mean the main one that I thought that we would mention would be Four Years Strong. I mean we've talked about brain right. pain a lot. <laughs> I told you, you yeah. Know. I said we, we're we're not going to talk about Four Years Strong. Yeah, actually um, we've talked about them so many times already. But. Yeah, I was going to say we've we've praised brain pain, brain pain, brain pain to no end, and then we've also done as an episode. Did we do it? Or no, it was Four Years Strong and some Set Your Goals maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we but covered any of the pure. Yeah, because I think they just have brain pain and then maybe go down in history or the self-titled one and go right. down in history, I think, are on there. Um, right. So that's the last. But yeah, I mean, obviously, brain pain would, you know, probably be, would be way up on my list. But yeah, yeah. just thought we'd mention that so people are like, man, how could you not mention how could you Four Years Strong? Because yeah. we've literally talked about them to no end. <laughs> yeah. For so sure. And I think we've even brought them up in episodes that have nothing to do with them. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. We'll, but. we'll keep doing it. Yeah, lot, lots of great releases on this label. You know, it was it was fun to to go back and try to pick five because there was, you know, a number on the list that I that I could have put on there. And yeah. So, yeah, just, I don't know. They've got just such a, a unique roster, you know, between, you know, maybe not as many punk, but, you know, the ones that they have, heavy hitters, and then the heavy, right. and then you know yeah. different ones like Corey Wells and the Speak yeah. Low that are a bit more, or like Gates, you know, a bit more kind of mid-tempo there. Or, yeah, just, I don't know, aw- awesome label. I, I'm almost, like I said, kind of shocked when I go through it. It's like, man, how does the label get, you know, In such these, a short amount of time. Yeah, such, <laughs> such good bands. Yeah, so, yeah. No, good yeah. stuff. I think that'll wrap it up, though. So go follow us on our social media at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find us at growingpunkpod.com as well. Uh, tell your friends about the show. But thanks for listening. You're our friends, so tell your friends. That's how it works, right? And then come back and tell us. And then come back and tell us that you told your because friends. We're and then your tell friends. more friends. Because we're there your you friends. <laughs> Just a big circle of friends. Anyway, enough of that. Goodbye. Yeah.